Welcome into Fantasy Focus. It is a Sunday night or Monday whenever you're listening to this. Maybe Tuesday if you're listening on Tuesday. Yeah. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch Geico to the other ways that you could save. It is the end of week 15 minus Monday Night Football, Field Jades. What a week it has been, by the way, Daniel. I don't even like know the how NFL to talk about deliver. It. We have had quite a day. If you love football or football, it has been epic. Epic today between the World Cup, which is just an amazing match between Argentina and now, and of course, France. Goes in at penalty kicks, Mbappe, Messi, just at the top of their game. Ridiculous. And then the NFL, like 20 minutes before we got over here, had the play to end all ridiculous plays. What a day it was. Daniel will dive very much into it. And, of course, we have to start on Saturday because there were three games on Saturday. We got two days of action-packed football. Two days of action-packed football, but three wonderful people here to be able to talk about. Two wonderful people plus me. Liz, so great to be able to have you join us. Stop it. What's above wonderful? I love you. I don't know. Above average. Anyways, so, Liz, (laughs) uh, don't worry about Field and I. are just over here brewing out with each other. Uh, so great to have you. And I want to talk yeah. about the Saturday games because I think it's going to be fantastic. Unfortunately, we should start with uh, the Colts and un- was it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to say I don't want to say you up no, for failure here, but no, like, no, you're not, let's you're start with the Colts fault. and talk about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, because Liz, do you want to like, yeah, offer injury. like some words of wisdom to those that may have started Jonathan Taylor and assure them that like they did the right thing? We play a game of luck and chance. That is exactly right. You did the right thing. Jonathan Taylor had been on the up since injuring his right ankle earlier in the season. And then guess which body part he injured and Mm. had to leave early. It was his right ankle. I'm sure Stefania will have plenty so we can dig into that situation. It is a sprain. At this time, current reporting suggests it's not, quote, too serious. We're going to see... Right. We, we, we don't really know what the deal is going to be. I will say that next week, the Colts draw the Chargers. So that is theoretically a good matchup for whomever is in the backfield. And I know that Eric Moody is going to want to talk about that on Tuesday's waiver wire portion oh, yeah. of the oh, show yeah. as well. But for today's purposes, Deion Jackson available in 88% of leagues. Remember, he had quite... Um, a flash earlier in the season, largely a pass catching back, but he did carry the ball 13 times for 55 rushing yards today, and he had that one-yard touchdown catch. Also, all the Zach Moss truthers are having themselves uh. a moment right now, right? <laughs> There's still a few of them standing. Um, Moss is 99% available in ESPN Fantasy League's 24 carries, so clearly the preferred option on the ground for 81 yards, but of course, zero catches. So, Neither, no, there's not going to be a single back taking over Jonathan Taylor's role in this backfield. Were he to miss, it's going to be divvied up. Uh, Zach Moss, the option on the ground, short yardage, probably goal line, and then obviously Deion Jackson as the pass catching option. This game was just such a weird game. Like, just leading into it, it's sort of weird to talk about because the Colts dominated the entire first half. 33 to nothing. And then they, but even, even with their domination, it really wasn't with their. I don't want to say it wasn't with their offense, but they didn't score a ton of offensive touchdowns. No, they had one like. in the first half. They had a defensive and they had a punt return or a punt block punt return block. for a touchdown. Yep. This was the craziest game. Again, 
the last game that you and I saw before we came in to record this podcast was Patriots Raiders. We'll get into that at some point. Oh I am gosh. sure. But between the Colts coming, uh, blowing the biggest lead in NFL history. Right. And then the Patriots executing the dumbest play in NFL history. <laughs> it was a wild week. So really the point of the show, by the way, it's round one of the playoffs. This is a good, like we'll talk more about the Colts backup running backs, but most of our content on Sundays during the season has been pushing things forward, right? Yeah. Like, okay, this happened. What does it mean going forward in the playoffs? Like, Hey, if Justin Jefferson goes off, like, woohoo, great. Like it helps you along the way. It doesn't mean anything going forward for us. Like, yeah, Justin Jefferson is going to be in my lineup again next week. No kidding. Um, but this is a good example of one where it could mean something going forward because we are going to dive into the Zach Moss and Deion Jackson split for next week. Yeah. I'd be surprised if we saw Jonathan Taylor again this season. They've got three games left. The Colts are very much down and out of it. Four, nine, and one. They play the Chargers next Monday night. But Liz, Jonathan Taylor's teammate, Michael Pittman Jr., had a pretty savory matchup on Saturday, and I thought it was okay if you're playing PPR scoring. Yo, it was gross. Like, I get 10 <laughs> catches out of 14 targets, but he averaged... If I said to you, Field, Daniel, whomever, oh, Michael Pittman's going to catch 10 balls, how many yards are you expecting him to record? Probably more than 140. 60? Yeah, so That's disgusting. 125 still like a right? reasonable estimate? Sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Sure. It, yeah. He averaged six yards per reception. And it's not, this is not an outlier. Like, he entered, Michael Pittman Jr. entered this game averaging nine targets a game. We knew he was a target hog. He's far and away the Colts' number one wide receiver. His ADOT has also been down 26% this season. Thanks, Matt Ryan. And now this is what we're looking at. We're looking at him. I mean, this is like a YPR equivalent to Jamison Crowder's. This is absolutely disgusting, especially for a player who is so incredible. Runs like his daddy, who was a former NFL running back, frankly, after the catch. Wow. Look yeah, but he still managed 19 fantasy points. So if you play in PPR scoring, you're like, I'm okay with it. We talked about it being a good so matchup. Volume. It didn't end up being a good matchup for the reasons we thought it would be, like a right? ton of yards, but 10 catches, hard to get mad at. Other side of the game, Justin Jefferson, if you have him, Do I you may well have him? made. Yeah, I think you should. He okay. was the seventh most popular, <laughs> popular player on playoff rosters. He was on a playoff roster in nearly 62% of leagues. And what do they do? 30.3 fantasy points. And it was a quiet first half, too. Yeah. If you weren't like out with your family, maybe decorating your Christmas tree, and you missed the first half, you were locked in. You were like, geez, Justin Jefferson had like three catches for 37 yards in the first half. What the heck, man? He got banged up, too, because he was forced Left to go the out game on the for play. a minute. Got yeah. hurt. It was a chest injury, I believe, with they called uh -huh. it, quickly returned to the game, and then quickly mashed. So Justin Jefferson absolutely crushed 12 for 123 and a touchdown. He rules. So does teammate Dalvin Cook, who had 17 carries, 95 yards, and he had four catches. This was the good part. 95 yards for Dalvin Cook. A long, long screen pass for a touchdown. He ends up with 27 fantasy points. He lost a fumble, by the way, so it mm. could have been an even bigger day. And we talked about Cook going into last week's game against the Lions when you warned us, like, are you sure about Dalvin Cook? And the positive spin was that like he keeps getting touches, mm -hmm. and that has been the case. As Dalvin Cook remains one of the great uh, workhorses in the NFL right now, 21.3 touches over his past four games. Cook, of course, locked in. They play host to the Giants next week do the Vikings. I loved the fact in one of my best ball leagues, I've got, uh, I've got uh, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne. Double stack that, that worked out really it. well for me yeah. this week. So, uh, yeah, heck yeah. yeah. Wow. these Vikings, in spite of playing a really awful first half, if you just look at the box score, you're like, this was great. This yeah. was fantastic. Let's hope we get some more that's going forward. And Daniel, on the other side, so if you had Justin Jefferson, he like carried you through your round one of the playoffs. If you have Stephon Diggs, who was the ninth most popular player Dude. in terms of playoff leagues, or playoff rosters, 
the opposite. Hopefully, you had to survive Stephon Diggs well, on Saturday night. And here's the thing: like the the Bills' offense ran through running backs and tight ends yeah. for whatever reason. Josh Allen threw four touchdowns, four touchdowns, and had 300 passing, over 300 passing yards. And he threw two of them to tight ends, two of them to running backs. Yeah. It so, was just one of those days where they were finding what was working for them. Unfortunately, not that Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs weren't involved. You're just going to have to, you know, this is one of those things you got to swallow. Yeah. I mean, you're always starting Stephon Diggs. I don't care if I told you, I, I, I don't know, like unless he well, he had his foot amputated, you're probably playing Stephon Diggs, but he also got <laughs> nine targets. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do there? Meanwhile, if you rolled the dice for some reason on Dawson Knox, you did get richly rewarded. Can I quickly say that in that league that I have the KJ Osborne and Justin Jefferson, Dawson Knox is one of my tight ends. Wow. Okay. So your best ball team had a lot. Uh, so that one was on. doing pretty well. Six catches for 98 yards and a touchdown, 21.8 fantasy points. Here's the question field. Like the tight end position is so bad. It's so tough for us to be able to figure out who we're going to be using. I don't know as though I have Dawson Knox, anything more than a 10 to tight end 10 to tight end 14 most any given weeks we've seen what he is this is part of the big play up side that can happen when you play in a bills offense with josh allen Allen. we're at the point now where we don't even describe it they're just this group of tight ends that can be decent in a week and they can be absolutely awful in a week look at the past five games for dawson knox that's what we're talking about this was the best one for sure he's had three good games two dud games you decide how lucky you feel when you play dawson knox but when you have josh allen as your quarterback i'd prefer that as opposed to a tight end who plays with a not good quarterback are we in that same spot with mark andrews liz where it's oh, a little yeah. bit of a uh, yes, what, what are you like what are you feeling right now if you're somebody that rosters mark andrews like what is going through your brain well, you're not alone because he's yeah. on 53% of playoff rosters. So the majority have him, uh, which I think is also kind of um, a reflection of just how muddy the position has been, right? You made it to the playoffs. More than 50% of people who drafted him made it to the playoffs. He also led the Ravens receiving group oh in this game. Seven targets, only three wow. catches for uh, only three catches for 31 yards, but we knew this was a low volume passing office. I don't I don't think we expected it to be this low volume. He hasn't scored since week six, right? Like I think that's been the major bummer. Three straight games under 10 fantasy points, but he has over six targets in all five games since the week 10 bye. And this coming week, he gets the Falcons, who just gave up two touchdowns to Juwan Johnson. So you're not going to sit him. Like, this is what you – maybe you get lucky. Maybe you don't. I hope you crafted a roster around that sort of lack of stability. I'll just say this. So, Liz, totally agree with everything you said. Like, you're going to start Mark Andrews next week. Really, though, this is just about the idea that you came into the season and thought, this guy could be the most valuable tight end in fantasy. Yep. And by the way, early on in the season, he was crushing it. Since then – not crushing it. Those first couple Not of Lamar weeks were great. They were great. And yeah. unfortunately, Mark Andrews has turned into like one of those other tight ends of yeah. late. That's just the reality of how it's been. So it's been super disappointing. Uh, those kind of performances when stacked with others can be the differences between advancing and not advancing in the playoffs. Hopefully you have survived this stretch for Mark Andrews. Is it going to get better? Liz did mention a good matchup. The problem is just like. It's not like he's had bad matchups of late. Yeah, but they have no one to throw it to, and they just can't throw the ball. The, the Ravens are a miracle to be at nine and five. They are hundred percent are a miracle. Like, they're just scraping by because they keep. They, they keep. I mean, listen, they you are what your record says you are, right? But like, it ain't exactly style points that they win with, right? And I'm not sure it's going to be that way going forward. If they do beat Atlanta's upcoming Sunday, Saturday, excuse me, it probably will be 
a grinded out game, much more than a 34-28 passing attack. So, Probably going to have to do a lot of uh, a lot of adult beverages during that game field. I think will. that would be a good one. That would be a good one, Daniel. Good yeah. thought. What kind would you have? You I think if I was going to choose, I'd probably choose a uh, a Miller Lite, okay. I believe. You do that one first then? Yeah, yeah, tis the season to get together with good friends and great drinks, and that means tis Miller time. Sure, the holidays can be stressful, almost as stressful as a December fantasy matchup, but all the more reason to raise a glass or a can to keeping things uncomplicated. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just great beer. Not only is Miller Lite a great tasting light beer, it's also a great gift for the beer lovers in your life. And for even more gift ideas, perfect for beer lovers, visit the Miller Lite shop at shop.millerlite.com. Their new holiday collection features everything from cozy beer-inspired holiday sweaters to drinkable ornaments for your tree this holiday. Tis Miller time, so enjoy Miller time with friends and family. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories, so go to MillerLite.com slash FFF to find delivery options near you so you can give the gift of Miller time this holiday season, or you can pick up some Miller time pretty much anywhere they sell beer. Tis Miller time, celebrate responsibly Milwaukee. Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Yep. Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you can save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right, Liz, when we started the show, I asked you to talk about the Saturday games. I now want to talk about the Sunday games, and I want to give you something way more exciting to talk about with the Jacksonville Jaguars (laughs) as both Trevor Lawrence and Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. Everybody was just awesome. I just want to hand it over to you to talk about the Jaguars. Well, the first thing I thought was, woo, Trevor Lawrence's ADP is skyrocketing heading into next season, especially given how crazy the position has been, how many injuries there has been. Uh, 318 passing yards, four touchdowns, through via the three via the air, one on the ground, plus 31 rushing yards. He has now gone over 20 fantasy points in four of his last five games. He's managed three touchdowns through the air in three of his last four since the bye. Over two points. I love this extra. This is like a bonus. Two points as a runner in eight of his last 10 games. He's got a tough matchup against the Jets, but Mm -hmm. also it's not like the Cowboys have been a pushover. I think we are starting to see some of that generational talent that was expected out of Lawrence flashing down the stretch of 2022. Well, and part of that is because he has such great pass catchers around him and he's got people to be able to give the ball to Travis. Travis Etienne was great. Zay Jones looked fantastic. Christian uh, Zay Jones far and away was number one, but Marvin Jones got involved. He's got a bunch of people to be able to trust. So wait, hold on. Liz was talking about next year's ADP. I heard that they traded for Calvin Ridley. I saw that. Oh, God, that's right. Remember? Calvin Ridley in the mix next year as well. Mm -hmm. This Jaguars offense is going to be so fun. And in a class where there are still some questions about the 2021 draft class of quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence has established himself as that dude, looking like the player he was coming out of Clemson, who we thought could be a game franchise, a franchise-altering player. He's starting to look like that. That much is for sure. And Zay Jones, God bless you. Six catches for three touchdowns. I know, right? Well, on Fantasy Football Now this morning, we got a question that said, hey, Mike Clay, would you rather start Zay Jones or Christian Watson? Well, it's not done yet. Christian Watson is going to have to come up with 35 fantasy points. Yeah, in order but Mike, to beat we talked one. about this. Mike mm. was on the Zay thing, wasn't he? Yo, he was very he was, much he was, on, he was Zay on Jones Zay. I like to chase the volume, right? Yes, and is, he was rewarded for that. 100%. Uh, speak, hey, Daniel, uh, volume. I wouldn't Speaking expect of. that you were going to be chasing this volume. 
three weeks ago, but Jarek McKinnon's getting crazy volume for the Chiefs right now, and I feel like being the best running back in fantasy in back-to-back weeks is good. Yeah, it's really good, and it's coming at a time when you could really use it. We've been talking about both of these running backs being able to be useful this week because of the fact that they're playing the Texans, but we're talking about, hey, Isaiah Pacheco's going to get a ton of running games, a ton of a ton of usage on the ground, but the last couple of weeks, it has been Jarek McKinnon getting more and more usage. 13 opportunities last week, 18 this week. He is a touchdown catch in three straight games, 14 or more fantasy points in three straight games. Wow. He is getting utilized in a massive way within this offense. And as long as he keeps doing this field, you know, how is it that you take the pass catching offense in a or running back in a Patrick Mahomes led offense and say he's not at least a minimum a flex play for me? Can't do it, Daniel. You absolutely have to play him right you got, now. You have he's to just play him. so good. And this part of this is the momentum, right? I mean, back to back weeks is by an RB one. Yep. By the way, I think he was available in some ways on waivers this week, crazy. too, with Jarek McKinnon. So uh, a good matchup on paper that the Chiefs actually didn't necessarily mash. I mean, they had to win this game in overtime. Shout out to the Texans. Back-to-back really gritty efforts against the Chiefs last week, the Cowboys as well. But McKinnon has just been awesome. The catches are just ridiculous right now. And, you know, the Chiefs still not getting a ton from a receiver not named Juju Smith-Schuster. He yep. had 10 catches today, but Kadarius Tony hardly played. Another quiet day for Marquez Valdez-Scantling other than the touchdown yeah, catch. One, Sky yeah. Moore is really just like a, he's out there more as an accessory than he is a big part of the offense right now. So Jarek McKinnon has a lot of value. Yep. So there is only one thing wrong with the Eagles. Oh, one thing. Okay. They're now 13-1. and one. That's good, right? Um, is it that one? Is that the one thing that, that's no, wrong? No, I'll okay. give him a pass on okay, that. Okay, all right. That's uh, here's one thing wrong with them. If you play into week 18, uh-huh. There's a chance the Eagles might not have their regular starters oh, yeah. out there very much because they're 13 and one, Daniel. They yep. had really as much as they can handle from the Bears today, but they still find a way to win. And the thing about the Eagles that's beautiful is that most of their stars today played like stars. Jalen Hurts was absurd on a day in which he had two interceptions and I believe zero. Yep, that's right. Zero passing touchdowns. Uh-huh. Jalen Hurts still managed 34.7 fantasy points. Think about that. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. He threw for 315 passing yards. He had 61 rush yards. He had three rushing touchdowns did Jalen Hurts. I mean, he is just clicking at a high, high, high cylinder. He was the player that was on a playoff roster in 65.4% of leagues. That's the third highest rate in the entire uh, on the uh, on ESPN.com this year. That's crazy. Just ridiculous. And part of why he's ridiculous is he has just an absurd duo of wide receivers. An abundant right now. of riches there because it, it's not just AJ Brown who had like, what was it, eight for 191 or something like that? Yeah, nine for 181. Nine so for close. 27.1 yeah. fantasy points. He's got three games with 150 plus yards this season. The beauty of AJ Brown is that, remember, coming into this year, we were wondering, is he going to see that much more volume mm-hmm. than he did in Tennessee? The answer is, yeah, he sees a ton of volume basically every week. The upside's tremendous. Jalen Hurts is one of the best downfield throwers all season. And then beyond that, he stayed healthy. Remember, Tennessee, there were a lot of times where it was like, if he had to practice or not, he's been healthy all year for Philadelphia. Looks like a whole new player, which is saying something because they they got him for a first-round pick. Yeah. Devontae Smith, meanwhile, it's just like... Every week, I'm like, holy crap, I forgot that that guy is their number two wide receiver. And it's hardly, it doesn't even feel like it's a number two. With the, He's still getting a ton of volume as well. It really is. Which one of them are, is the defense going to leave open? Eight targets. And last week we talked about, I'm sorry, last month we talked about, it was like, man, like, what do you do with Devontae Smith? Like, it's been a lot of up and down, up and down, and up and down. Well, three straight games with at least 17 fantasy points for Devontae Smith, who had 17.6 today. Just been ridiculous. 
And I think we are at the point now where, again, momentum carries players into lineups. That's where Devontae Smith will be. Not everybody could ball up, though, Daniel, as Miles Sanders did have a very, very, very tough day. Yeah, and this is one of those things when you talk about momentum carries people into lineups. Like, Miles Sanders has had an up-and-down type of season with his usage, right? He gets a couple of games where he'll get a handful of touchdowns, gets a ton of volume, but then there are a few games where he sort of gets vultured in this offense, in part because that's what happens when you're the lead running back behind a Jalen Hurts-led offense where Jalen Hurts had multiple rushing touchdowns this week. So what are you going to do here? 11 carries for 42 yards, only one catch for negative 13 yards. That negative 13 yards, if that's accurate, that is not what it is that you are looking for. But this is part of it. If he doesn't get in the end zone, he doesn't offer a ton of passing game work. And so when the Eagles have ways to get in the end zone that aren't Miles Sanders, you have these down weeks every once in a while. Yeah, and I think the big thing with Miles Sanders is, you know, Obviously, like the, the fumbles, all the mistake stuff is like that not ideal. Not, um, not but ideal. just the lack of passing game usage, it just turns him into like if he doesn't score a touchdown, then it's going to be a little bit of a problem yep. uh, for Miles Sanders. But still, I got to be honest with you, like he'll be right back inside my top 15 for running backs. Just gonna say that. Week. He's still like top five in the NFL in rushing and top five in the NFL in rushing touchdowns as well. Like this team is inside is the five yard line so often. Yeah, you're gonna they're they're scoring so many touchdowns. This is definitely the outlier and not a start of a trend for Miles Sanders in my estimation. I do want to continue to see what's going to happen with Dallas Goddard as he did not come back and play this week. Yeah, so I get I'm the sense he'll be see. active next Saturday against the Cowboys, which might actually be the toughest defense the Eagles will play at any point. Uh, this season. Ooh. All right. We're going to pay some bills one more time here, Field. Yeah, that's right. Well, college football bowl season is here, Daniel, and Dr. Pepper and the residents of Fansville invite you to revel in another one-of-a-kind f- year flexing your foam finger, humming your school's fight song in your sleep, and thriving on a steady diet of buffalo chicken dip and post-game day commentary, all washed down with a rich, delicious Dr. Pepper, of course. Another game is always just around the corner, so make sure your tailgate doesn't turn into a failgate. Pick up a case of ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Lions, Tigers, and tailgates. Oh, my. The college football season is always a great time of year. Besides the jerseys, the face paint, and the foam fingers, there's the food. And nothing gets you more fired up for game day than Eckrich smoked sausage. They're naturally hardwood smoked and have the perfect blend of spices. From buffalo sausage dip to sausage chili mac and cheese, Eckrich's. Eckrich smoked sausage is a quick way to bring flavor to all your tailgate meals. Visit Eckrich.com for easy one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckrich, you do you. All right. Let's talk about a couple of running backs here as Latavius Murray continues to be able to be useful to fantasy managers even <laughs> as we enter the fantasy playoffs, Liz Loza. This, where's, who was this guy that was out there for the Broncos? Who was that? That was Latavius Murray. Here's what happens when you remove Russell Wilson from the offense. Now it's very clear that the Broncos should just lean on the run. They probably should have been doing it more, but we had to deal with the Wilson piece of it and all of the money that was invested in him. Now you can just let Latavius Murray, who by the way has to be one of the most incredible locker room characters, right? Considering he always ends up on some squad and then he always ends up carrying this 20 plus load down the stretch. He's such a like stretch run hero for fantasy managers and for teams. 24 carries, 130 yards, a touchdown. I just want to say that again. 24 carries and 130 yards and a touchdown on a Broncos offense. That did not, like that does not seem projectable Here's my issue with him. Only one catch old awesome off of one target for 12 yards. I'd like to see him more involved in the receiving game, particularly because we know that that is a veil to him and his skill set. This was far and away his best game of the season. He is clearly, after all of the injuries and um, waving of players, 
the lone running back in this backfield. Marlon Mack did look good. The run game did look good. And I think that probably the Broncos are going to lean more heavily on that moving forward. They've got the Rams. Then they're at Kansas City. They finish things up against the Chargers. At least that last one is a is a good matchup. Who knows how Kansas City will project, what game flow will look like there. But I think right now, if we're talking about momentum-carrying players, over 20 touches in three of his past games, um, if uh, over 20 touches in three of his past five games, I'm sorry, then the momentum volume-wise is leaning towards Murray. He's going to be, what, like a low-end RB2 flex every week. Yeah, I, I I just hope that this wasn't the only upside play he has of the playoffs, yeah. right? Because he had been a low-upside player prior to this, right? It had been a lot of, like, 19 carries for, like, 57 rushing yards, which is not ideal, but he balled out today. Have to give him a ton of credit, and the volume is just ridiculous, as Liz mentioned. It also helped that they were in a game in which they could run it a ton. They play the Rams next Sunday. I was just going to say that. On Christmas, the Rams, so they yeah. probably can run the ball quite a bit as well. Uh, Liz, he was good. Not quite as good, though, as Ramondre Stevenson, and I wasn't sure Ramondre Stevenson was going to play like this morning when I woke up. He played and played very well. I mean, I think I think he's healthy, guys. Yeah. I think we can feel comfortable been, right? with him leading this offense. He, by the way, is the ninth most popular player on playoff rosters, rostered on over 50% of ESPN leagues. He's had 15 carries or six catches in nine of his last 10 games. This week he had 19 carries. That was his most since week five at Detroit. Ripped wow. off a gorgeous 30-plus yard run that was key to the Patriots. Key to the Patriots. I don't want to say it was key to the Patriots' victory because that losing Las Ooh. Vegas lateral certainly had a lot what to the do hell was that? with Sorry, the victory. That was weird. I mean, the triple L. Like, I'm a double L. That was a triple L, but it did not work out well for Sin City. Man, that, I mean, I, I have no words. Sure, I mean, no one, I do have words. I'm sure people have seen it by now. It's not like we're going to be describing a play you haven't seen. Jacoby Myers' brain was telling him that his team was down and needed the touchdown on that play. Yep. That's the only explanation it for it. He took ownership of it. He was like, I need a touchdown or else the game is over. We're down by four or more. Yep. And his brain, that's a massive malfunction. I don't know why Ramondre Stevenson yeah. pitched it to him in the first place. It's just what is mind-blowing about the Patriots, especially of late, but for a good portion of this season, as if for a team for 20 years has been better than everybody else at knowing what the situation was, what to do, how to execute the small things that amounted to big things in aggregate. They haven't been doing that this year and nothing more embarrassing than what they did on Sunday. Uh, this play that will maybe define, I mean, they probably are out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're now no longer in the top seven and one win could end up being the difference between making or missing the playoffs. And, you know, those are the kind of things that just, they, they stack up for a team that is not a winning football team right now. I just, a wow moment. It Just was. a wow moment. But I will say, last thing on Ramondre. Yeah. What's crazy is that for as awesome as he's been as a pass catcher, and you're like, damn, like Ramondre can have like 12 targets in a game and just mash. Like he has negative receiving yards today and absolutely mash. Like I think Ramondre is a better runner than he is a receiver. Like he's just crazy good. Crazy, crazy good. You know who else is good, Daniel? Who else is good? Justin Herbert, but it doesn't feel that way today, right? If you won your fantasy matchup this week, it was in spite of starting that's Justin right. Herbert. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's tough because we walked into this matchup thinking, like, this is going to be a great game against the Titans. He's got everybody back. Keenan Allen. 13 passing yards. You're like, sweet, sign me up. That's amazing. If you knew he's going to throw for 42 times and 300 passing yards, but doesn't get in the end zone, doesn't, doesn't run in the end zone, doesn't throw into the end zone, he just has two interceptions. This entire offense 
outside of Austin Eckler, who just continues to be phenomenal. Why did we not draft Austin Eckler 1.01 this We should have. Well, Liz did. Uh, You know what's weird, though? Liz did. Eckler had a weird game. Not a monster game for Eckler. He left at one point, went to the medical tent. No injury had to be announced, but a a quieter Austin Eckler day, especially as a receiver, than we were accustomed to. And he for still a while. gets in the end zone, though. Oh, I mean, he's still mashed because he's Austin Eckler. Because he's, he's still Austin sweet. Eckler. Yeah. That's the thing is, is this is one of those things. If you started Justin Herbert, you're going to start him again next week, regardless. Against an indie defense, like I think if you have everybody that is healthy here, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. More often than not, we're going to see a better offense than what we saw here. They just got today. to finish better in the red zone. I think they will going forward. Well, they're not the only team that needs to finish better, as the Raiders just got bailed out this week. Oh no, Daniel! They finished impeccably. They had the greatest finish ever well, on Sunday. I guess their right? defense had a great finish. <laughs> yeah, no, I just um, you know, if you have this has been a tough one. If you have Devontae Adams, you may have limped in last week if you needed to win to get in, and if you have him, he's awesome. But he didn't win in your matchup today. Eight targets for Devontae Adams. Four catches for 28 yards. The Patriots were without multiple cornerbacks as yep. well. Like, I don't know what to say about this one. I mean, the Raiders offense, very much not good today. I can certainly say that. Um, but yeah, I don't have an explanation for this one. I don't have an explanation for Devontae Adams being uh, as quiet as he has been. He's been like, streaky is too strong of a word because he's just been so ridiculous for so much of the year, right? But he's had a couple of small ruts this season and none less opportunely timed than this one right now, Liz. I think the thing about this week that stuck out to me, though, was now that Darren Waller is back, there seemed to be some miscommunication issues. There there was not the seamlessness, the connection, the Fresno State connection, if you still want to lean into that, between Carr and Adams. There was that one play that there was a massive miscommunication on. So I am wondering if there's just kind of a regrouping that needs to happen. It'll get ironed out in practice. It's not that Devontae Adams hasn't been up and down, but I think that new inclusion of Waller, who's such a big presence on the team, maybe messed with the energy a little bit. And when you look at next week's matchup against the Steelers and you know how much they give up to perimeter receivers and you know that that's where Devontae Adams absolutely beasts, I'm a little less nervous, assuming, obviously, I advanced to next yeah. week and that this performance didn't cost me. Yes, hopefully you didn't have both Justin Herbert and Devontae Adams because yeah, then be you tough. would have a really awesome team that just you know sort of underperformed this week. We are talking about this as we wrapped up the show. We were talking about this in the uh, in the war before we came in. Our producer, Dave Presley, said, like, we were, we were debating. Would you rather not make the playoffs hmm. or make the playoffs and lose either in heartbreaking fashion slash, like, put up just the most hmm. embarrassing lineup of all time? If you're out there and you made the playoffs, but your team today performed like a team that was tanking for Victor Wembanyama. Mm-hmm. Screenshots. Set it our way. <laughs> um, if it's cathartic for you, if it's not, it's okay. Bury your head in the sand. That's Maybe right. we'll never talk to you for the rest of the season. I get it. It's okay. Totally not at all offended. Um, but I, I had a team that seriously got ooh, woodshedded today, if that's a word. I made it up if it's not. <laughs> I think um, it is. Yeah. All right. It got woodshedded today. Um, we don't talk about that team anymore. I, I don't even remember joining that league. Um, if you're like me and you have one of those, let me know. We're here for you. We are here for you. That's all I can say. It's crazy to feel like we're already at this point in the season where we're through the first or almost through the first week of the playoffs. Yeah. We have one more game left, which is Monday Night Football, to be able to see how that works out. But yeah. we're heading into week 16. Things are going to like, man, field. This is going to be a lot of fun. Also, uh, programming update for us here over the next couple you of weeks. You want to rip through what we got going on? Why don't you do it? You're better at it than I am. Okay, so if you're listening right now, this is week 15 wrap-up show. 
four shows this week, Tuesday through Friday, like we always do. Fantasy Football Now is Saturday this week because all the games are on Saturday, Christmas Eve, just three games on Sunday. But the first time we have three games on on, on Christmas ever in the NFL. That's exciting. Uh, moving forward beyond that, we'll take a few days off for the Christmas holiday. We've got Monday and Tuesday off. We'll be back Wednesday. So rather than hearing from us after the games on Saturday and Sunday, you'll hear from us Wednesday. We hope you can be appreciative and show some grace because of the holiday schedule. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of that week. And then we'll reduce down to what we will call sort of our offseason schedule. One, two shows during the week. You'll get some DFS during the during the playoffs, plus some other stuff. Yep. And we're looking for ideas. If you have an idea of what you want to talk about during the offseason, if you want to talk about your five free agents you want to see chain teams, if you want to talk about your five favorite things that Daniel said this season, if you want to talk about five of Liz's best takes, set, like let us know. Give us topics. We'll be appreciative. I want to them. talk about the five players that you unlocked this week, and I want to apologize because even though Deontay Johnson didn't get in the end zone, he had a pretty great week. I mean, I still love him. Yeah, he actually was pretty good. Ten he, catches he, he for ninety-eight yards. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're getting that. closer. I got to keep drawing. That's him. right. That's um, right. But did we unlock? Uh, no, Mike Evans was better today. Chris Godwin scored a touchdown. You that got in the good. end zone. You needed that. We're crashing. Uh, that's gonna be here. tough. He's Daniel. All right, in Sunday night football, Liz. It was the Giants and the Commanders, and I'm going to start with the Giants real quick, if you don't mind. There was one player that mattered here, and it was Saquon Barkley, and it was only Saquon Barkley, and nobody else on the Giants other than Saquon Barkley matters right now in fantasy football, not Richie James. Maybe most, most weeks, especially now that there are no bye weeks, not Darius Slayton, no one else even reached 10 fantasy points. Saquon, though, continued to do Saquon things in part because he had eight targets. Five catches for 33 yards, plus 18 carries for 87 and a touchdown, 23.0 fantasy points. That's my takeaway, the Giants. But I want to know, how did you feel about them and their fantasy takeaway from this game? Well, this is not so much a fantasy takeaway, but I think you can work your way backwards into one. Because I do agree with you that Saquon Barkley is the most important offensive player, but there is another Giant that matters, and his name is Kayvon Thibodeau. That kid came to play. He wrecked this game. He actually mm -hmm. became just the second Giants rookie in the last decade to record a defensive touchdown, which is, I mean, just one of those weird fun facts. But I think, you know, obviously these two teams met two weeks ago and there were massive playoff implications for both of these squads. The NFC East is like notorious for all of this horrible rivalry nonsense. But here was a stat that I found, and I think that this is like key to the entire game and also can start to explain some fantasy takes once you look at it. Um, Taylor Heineke was pressured on 53% of his dropbacks in the first half of this game alone. He was pressured 23% versus the Giants for the whole of week 13. So clearly there was a defensive adjustment made and it worked Perfectly. Now, people are going to talk about the call, which was horrible and ticky tack and all of the bad things at the end of the game. And people are going to say that the commanders were robbed, but the commanders were outplayed throughout this entire contest by the Giants. They had no answers for the defensive adjustment that the Giants statistically, I just gave you the numbers made. And so that to me answers a question about the Giants, which is they're going to lean on Saquon Barkley and their defense. Daniel Jones has mm -hmm. some moments, right? Like we know he has legs. Sometimes that works out. But for the most part, his job is just to manage the situation. Just don't make any mistakes. 
He didn't make any mistakes today. He didn't throw an interception. He wasn't sacked. He also averaged like five yards per attempt. He basically stayed out of the way. That's the job of Daniel Jones because this offense is all about Saquon and the defense. Yep. 100%. I am totally with you. And obviously being able to have Daniel Jones help extend drives with his legs is a really nice thing, but there is only one guy from a fantasy perspective that matters here. And it is Saquon for the commanders on the other side of the football, though, there are a couple of guys here that you could have potentially used and or counted on. And I'll tell you what, Terry McLaurin was not the one that I sorry Terry McLaurin. Jahan Dawson was not the one I thought I was going to be on top because I thought Terry McLaurin was going to be that guy, but only six for 70. That was part of the defensive adjustment like this. I like this. First of all, I like these like audio exclusive where you and I can like focus on a singular game and talk real football. Um, But when you have a player again, these teams just met two weeks ago, like it's fresh in everyone's Mm -hmm. mind. And when you have a player like Terry McLaurin, the defense was like, oh, hey, our secondary started out pretty hot and they've floundered over the past couple of weeks. So we're just going to bracket scary Terry and um, I don't know, make Taylor Heineke, who let's be honest, is gutty, but is by no means like a magician in the pocket, at least from a a passing perspective, we're going to make him find a rookie in Jahan Dotson. He did. He scored once, right? We're going to make Curtis Samuel try to like earn it. And that made everything much more difficult. But I mean, he was, Terry McLaurin was double covered for like the entirety of this contest. Yeah. Yeah. Still six targets, six catches, 70 yards. Terry McLaurin is as steady as they come. If you like all you're wanting is for him to be able to get in the end zone. Taylor Heineke didn't have a fantastic day, but he also didn't have an awful day. In yep. all honesty, like, you know, from an NFL no perspective, this offense. Yeah. Yeah. 17 for 29, 249 and a touchdown. So that wasn't bad. The running game did pretty well as well. Brian Robinson had some really nice runs, 12 carries for 89 yards. Plus he had a catch for 18 yards in route to 11.7 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. If Brian Robinson it doesn't get in the end zone. He's. He's limited, you know, basically to the rushing totals that he gets because he doesn't get a lot of passing game work. So love being able to see him um, at least add a couple of points in the passing game here today to put him over that double digit mark. But all in all, this was just it, it wasn't really a fun game to watch, Liz. And it was really disappointing, especially if you started Antonio Gibson. I didn't really have anyone that really stood out here. Terry McLaurin just sort of got by. I mean, yeah, he was he was smothered for most of the contest and still remained efficient, which is a credit to his skill. And it'll be interesting. I mean, now, again, this becomes, I think, one of the best parts of the fantasy season because the real-life football, there are some playoff implications that start to, like, shade how you're going to think about how you're going to make your fantasy decisions. So now, obviously, the Cowboys – have secured a playoff berth with the commander's loss and the commanders. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how they deal with Terry McLaurin. Like if they're out for answers, if, if uh, opposing teams are going to do exactly what the giants did and bracket them, you know, there's a lot of like what a lot of dominoes have to fall for these teams in real life. So I just think it's something we need to be mindful about with Terry McLaurin moving forward, given that the commander season is like over. And yeah. I don't know the 
the commander's upcoming schedule. I don't have it in front of me, but assuming they are playing teams who are still in the hunt might be a little tougher go well, for F1. Next week, the Washington commanders get the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, good night. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, great. That's I, I don't great. know what to say. That's not great at all. Yeah. That's not great. And then the, uh, the Giants, the next three weeks, they get... Minnesota next week at Minnesota, then Indy, and then at Philly in week 18. So hopefully you don't play until week 18. Uh, so you don't have to worry about that Philly defense in case you roster any of these Giants. They have Minnesota next week, week 16? Yep. Huh. Yep. I know, Darius okay. Slayton, like deep. Yeah. You know, that, someone, who's like, the huh? pass catcher that we're going to? I have a feeling that you and our friend Ail Smizzle might be mentioning him on your Friday show. I just, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm a prognosticator by profession. So I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. We'll have to see how that works out. Mm-hmm. All right. That's really it. Cause this game didn't really warrant a whole lot else from us, to be honest. Um, I'm sort of glad it didn't go into overtime. I didn't want to have to do another 15 minutes. And by 15 minutes, I mean another half an hour. Cause you know how long 15 football minutes are. hundred percent. Daniel, 100%. I will not talk to you on Christmas, but I will see you on FF Now on Christmas Eve. So please have a joyous holiday. Oh, I'll see you on Wednesday, too, for the other pod. That's right, for the other podcast. But uh, you as well, is it is always so much fun being able to do these shows with you. So thank you so much for hanging out with me and staying up late West Coast time. I know 851 is it's just nothing. pushing it so close to your bedtime. <laughs> So, it's nothing. You tough. are the trooper. And I just wanted to wish everybody listening. I know you do the closing and you are more than welcome to do it again. But I just wanted to wish everybody listening to this a happy second night of Hanukkah if you do celebrate. Heck yeah. Happy whatever it is that you choose to celebrate right <laughs> now. We are totally into whatever it is that you want to do. We are very inclusive here. All right. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to be able to see you tomorrow. Don't forget to love each other, be kind to yourself, and we will see you on Tuesday for the Wave of Wire podcast. See ya. It's no secret, not a mystery. The one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you. Alliance fan through and through With the hippest beard, I'm telling you